fellas, we're in the thick of winter and a storm's a brewing. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. You know the drill, ceramic blade, advanced skincare technology, waterproof capabilities, it's simply the best. And Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. The performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, a Travel Bag Deodorant, and Soothing Aloe Toner. And with our background, you know we might as well use the best tools for the job. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. Am I on air? I remember him saying, do you want to grow up or do you want to be just an average Joe? No, I don't, I don't really want to be that person. What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode number 46 of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase at shop.csttires.com. We have a number of things on the agenda for tonight's episode. I'm sure you saw our big announcement of the unveiling of the first ever ATVMX Fantasy League, Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy. We'll dive into that topic in just a minute. So stoked on this new endeavor for us. We'll chat with our guests about their fantasy teams as well. We have DJ Sperling, owner of Rocket Machining and Design, coming up as he returns to the show. He's going to give us some insight into a special project they're working on, and we'll dig into some other topics with him as well. And then we'll finish up with back-to-back and two-time defending WMX Women's Class National Champion Andrea Berger. We'll talk women's class racing and more with her. So stoked for that. Let's shout out all the awesome people that make this show possible. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock. Their nose hair trimmers are amazing. And they have a bunch of other cool stuff as well. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us. And for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. It's the preseason. We'll be racing soon. And we both know that you need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. So before you buy, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. 
Allow me to formally introduce you to our latest endeavor, something we are very excited about for the 2021 season, Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy. Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy is ATV Motocross's first ever fantasy league. Prove your four-man team made up of four different AMA ATV Pro Class riders is better than all the rest for a chance to earn prize opportunities from our partners. Here's how Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy works. Your team will be made up of four members, one from each tier within the Pro Class. A Tier 1 rider, a Tier 2 rider, a Tier 3 rider, and a Tier 4 rider will make up your team. You will have the ability to pick a new team each and every event. Our weekly power rankings will help us determine what riders belong in each particular tier, enabling riders to fluctuate tiers from week to week. Tier 1 riders can best be described as win contenders. Tier 2 riders are essentially podium threats. Tier 3 riders are top 10 guys, and Tier 4 riders are grinders who are hoping to break into the top 10. You will pick one rider from each tier to assemble your squad and prove that you know ATV Motocross better than the rest. To kick off the 2021 season in Daytona, Tier 1 is made up of Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and Bryce Ford. In Tier 2, we have Nick Janusa, Alan Myers, Wesley Wolfe, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Brandon Hogue. In Tier 3, we have Logan Stanfield, rookie Max Lindquist, Wes Lewis if he's in attendance, Troy Hill, Cody Ford, and Parker Wawerka, once again, if he's in attendance. Any rider that is yet to be mentioned can be found in Tier 4. This is more than likely where teams will be judged upon and fantasy championships will be won and lost. Scoring will be based on championship points. The amount of championship points your rider earns will be the same amount of points he will earn for your team. Your four riders' points will be combined to determine weekly winners while we will keep a rolling tally to determine which players were most consistent throughout the entirety of the season. As of now, our plan is to award weekly and season-ending prizes. We're currently working on those details, so stay tuned for more details and specifics to come. But that's really it, guys. It's not that hard. Pick four different riders, get awarded cool stuff, and enjoy the races more than you did previously. This is an exciting day for ATV Motocross fans, and we couldn't be prouder to offer this to you guys. This game isn't quite live yet, but it will be in the coming days. We're just working out the final bugs and putting the finishing touches on the game. As soon as it's live, you won't miss it because we're going to be blasting it everywhere on our social media accounts. We'll talk about the game throughout the episode here, here and there with our guests. We'll talk about their fantasy teams and uh, just a, a, a lot of fantasy references going forward here, so that'll be fun. Join us in digging deep into the first ever ATV Motocross Fantasy League. Who's on your team? Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft comp on rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, 
most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST Tires. Are you? CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Wienan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off. And today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA world champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship-winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength-to-weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship-level edge. DID has been driving championship winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is DID's 520 ATV2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a DID chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. DID, what drives you? 
All right, guys, I go way back with this next guest. He, uh, he's joined us before. I'm pumped to bring him back on. Brought to you by Manscaped and their Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout. Owner of Rocket Machining and Design, Mr. DJ Sperling. What's up, buddy? Welcome back to Digging Deep. How's it going, Cody? I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, it's always good to be back and, and talk some more with you and and uh, see what we got going on. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun when, uh, you know, somebody I have a yeah, history of friendship with or whatever, yeah. it's always fun to talk uh, with people that I really know personally. Um, so yeah, excited. I think uh, I was actually just telling you before we hit record on this thing, a lot of people were receptive to um, kind of the more technical talk and the setup stuff that we talked about last time. So um, I know you guys got a ton of cool stuff going on. Uh, excited to talk about it. How are things over in Michigan? Not too bad. I think uh, it was a little bit crazy there for a little while, but, uh, you know, we're, we're still up and going and, uh, you know, like we've had uh, some material, you know, getting materials at our shop and stuff has been a little bit of a challenge sometimes, but overall uh, things are doing good. So good, we got some good. good stuff going. Awesome. Well, uh, it's, it's technically still the off season as we creep up on the season here, but for a company like you guys between sponsorship and all the bike builds, um, you know, and everything else that goes into racing. And I know racing or ATV stuff is only a portion of your business, but I have to, uh, believe that you guys are super busy this time of year. Absolutely. I mean, in the most sense, normally throughout the year, I like to tell people like ATV stuff is like 10 to 15% of our business. Mm -hmm. um, but the past two or three months, it has been uh, like taking up a lot of time. And, and it's awesome because, you know, just as much as I do, like I would prefer to do it full time. You know, I enjoy it. It's mm -hmm. a blast. Um, but yeah, extremely busy. Been uh, getting stuff out as fast as we can, making sure everybody's set up as, uh, as best as they can. And doing everything we can for the, the riders, you know, that's awesome. And, and as if you weren't busy enough, um, you know, you kind of, uh, let me in on, you know, some stuff you guys had going on behind the scenes. Then we saw some of the, you know, the stuff you started posting on Instagram and Facebook, the teasers, stuff like that. You've been teasing on social media about this project build that you guys, um, were about to embark on. I know this is something from what you told me when we started, you know, conversing about getting you back on here, that this is basically something that you want to use as a, as a platform to showcase your capabilities at rocket. Um, you announced some of the plans, but I know yeah. that you've already had, you know, a few changes along the way already. Um, yeah. so, so take us back to the beginning of where this idea came from, you know, update us on how things are going right now, and then let us know what the ultimate plans are for this thing. I'm stoked to hear about it. All right. Yeah. So it'd be a little bit, uh, Bear with me because it's a little bit of a story, but, uh, that's, so, hey, well, hey, that's what we're here for. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, probably three or four years ago, really this, uh, this idea kind of came to fruition by Al Falky. Okay. Uh, I know, you know, Al. Yeah, um, I do. And, and so I have to give him a plug for it. Otherwise he'll be mad. Okay. Uh, so technically it's his idea, but, uh, so he actually brought it up and, you know, he said, everybody's, you got to put a Duke 690 motor. It's the highest horsepower, single cylinder engine on the market. Okay. And so, uh, you know, I, I liked it. I liked the idea. And so we always talked about it. And a couple of times I had stumbled upon, you know, potentially purchasing a motor, purchasing a bike, like everything just kind of kept, you know, I was right there. And then uh, about a, six months ago, I actually acquired a Phoenix Honda lower TRX frame. Um, and I thought this would be the perfect bike. You know, okay. I mean, it's completely lowered. 
you know, everything I thought this would be awesome. So we have, I have the frame, I've been sitting on it and I've again, been picking away. I, I tried to purchase uh, a full Duke 690 at one point, tried to purchase a motor. Um, just everything kept falling through. Well then, uh, actually on our way back from Deckers, which I know we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came across, uh, a bit pillin, uh, the Husqvarna, mm-hmm. uh, sorry if I butcher that name, but, uh, I sent it to Ron Jackson and, uh, I knew he had a good connection down at JT cycle, okay. a local dealer. And I was like, Hey, what can you, uh, get a deal on this? So he messages David and he comes back and he's like, he tells me a price and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I turned to my dad. I said, dude, like if we're going to do this now, like now is the time we're like, we need to make this happen. And so we kind of talked about it a little bit more and I got in contact with him and worked some details out. And, uh, literally it seemed like in three days, like Wednesday or Thursday after we got back, we went and picked the thing up. And like, at first I was super excited to get there. And then I got there and we got it and we got back to the shop and I was like, Oh my God, like, what am I going to do with this thing? Like, you know, like, you know, like we were, it was always, it was such a, uh, a big plan and it still is, but it was uh, just all happened so quick. And, uh, mm-hmm. well then, uh, I talked to you a little bit more about kind of what ended up happening. Um, and, uh, there's line item or item number seven in the rule book, um, that actually states that, uh, you have to use a dirt bike or an ATV engine. Um, it cannot be a street bike. So, okay. uh, one of the refs mentioned it to us and, uh, Basically, so we, we kind of talk back and forth. I'm like, look, it's it's the same motor. It comes out of a dirt bike. It is a dirt bike motor. It's just I simply got a better price by going this route. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, you know, yes, you are technically right, but you know, people could argue differently. And Slippery so slope, yeah, I understand. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, and I understood. So, long story short, we just got a brand new uh, 701 sitting in our shop. It literally has eight minutes on it, and all those eight minutes are sitting there from idling, you know, like getting everything set up. And I'm like, I called David back. I'm like, look, I need an enduro, man. I need a dirt bike. And he's like, but, but you just, I like, it's a long story, but can we exchange it out? And so, uh, well, we took it back and we got the enduro now. So, and basically to, to clear the air and make it legit because ultimately we want to make this thing, we want to race it, you know? Of course. Like, oh yeah. So I, I, I can't believe, well, I can believe it, I guess. Um, but I never knew of a rule like that necessarily. It was more like I, you kind of assume like you're not going to put a snowmobile engine in it, yeah. or you're not going to put some gnarly, um, street bike engine, you know, in something. Yeah. Right. But it was more like, a it wouldn't work anyway for yeah. our application thing. Not that there was actually a, a rule for it. So I'm surprised to hear that. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, thankfully you caught it early on, right? Yeah. Because if you would have got into building this uh, thing, I don't, I don't know what you would have done. Yeah. I don't know either. And I think, uh, I think it's in the TT, you know, TT rules because, you know, like you get people that are like flat track and, mm-hmm. you know, like ice racing, like, you know, putting like a, a 1000, like a Jixer motor, like that's not, like completely unheard of. So I don't think right. we see it in the ATV MX side of it. So, mm-hmm. um, but we want to do both. And I think we're going to build it initially for MX, maybe for TT, but, uh, we're going to be ready to do both. And, and, 
hopefully show up and race in Molten classes. Yeah, that's gnarly. I, and you're exactly right. My mind went to flat track and, and ice racing stuff and yeah. TT um, where, yeah, like you might try some other applications, but again, it was more of like, uh, I didn't know that there needed to be a rule because if you mm. put something with, um, and not talking about your application, but if you talk about uh, a GSXR or yep. a snowmobile, again, one of those things, like if it's not ice, you're never going to get enough traction for the thing to work. Right. So, um, so that's kind of where I was at on that. So then for you to tell me that there was a legit rule, it made sense. It did, but I, I had never, I had never heard about that before. Uh, so yeah, tell us a little more about the plans then for this thing, um, Mm -hmm. going forward, because, so you said you're going to, you're going to make it into an MX bike. Like that's the, that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, so yeah, so I think, you know, just based on, we're, we're doing it to, like you said, to expose our capabilities here at Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not an ATV product company per se. Like mm-hmm. we're an engineering design and manufacturing company that produces precision components and we have a passion for ATV racing. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's a platform for us to showcase all of that. Um, so our plan was, is obviously we're going to take this stock 75 horsepower with traction control and launch mode and uh use all of our you know capabilities to put this in the bike uh and then you know show up and race it and uh you know i mean for myself uh i don't know necessarily you know my history of racing and and Mm -hmm. i think i know i can ride it you know like that's not a problem but but how far do i want to take it or maybe we uh actually spoke to a couple guys talked to them about riding it uh because i I think we can race it uh pro sport would be a class Mm because that's open that's open. Yeah. Yeah. 25 plus is open. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What about, uh, I thought pro-am too. It was an open class up until now. It's hybrid, but I don't, it, they limit it at 40, uh, 450 oh, CC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. 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 Yep. Gotcha. That's cause I, I think back in the past, you, it used to be open. open you're right. right. Yep. You're yeah. 100% right. Uh, when I, when I think of hybrids at this point, I don't think of CCs most of the time. No. I just, you just think of chassis. So um, yeah, 25 plus would be an option. There's, there's, there's gotta be, is there any, another open like a class other than pro sport? I don't know for sure. I think maybe that's the only yeah. one now, but uh, either yeah. way you'll have some places to race it. So yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it'll be exciting. It it'll be exciting. So yeah. you are going to use that TRX frame for it. It's going in a, in a lowered TRX frame. That's the plan. That is the plan right now. Um, okay. I do, I got to put an asterisk on that because there's two things that could end up happening. I mean, one thing that we did a while ago, uh, is we actually reverse engineered an entire TRX, uh, frame. And so like I tech and we have 3d scanning capability. So one thing I'm not completely ruling out that we build a frame from scratch. Okay. So like, I know that's, uh, you know, a lot of people that that's a big undertaking. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's also part of the reason that I want to show this is because like we have that ability, you know, like that's, okay. I'm not, I'm not out to build frames every day. Uh, that's, that's not our business. So I don't, mm-hmm. you know, like Mike talked to me about it and I'm like, look, I'm not stepping on your toes, man. Like this is, you're the, you, you are awesome at it. But, uh, so I'm not ruling that out just because there's some, a few things on the motor that co- might come into issues, but, sure. uh, 
Right now, the plan is a TRX chassis, yes. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. This isn't something that you're going to try to mass produce for people. No. This is a, this is a showpiece for you, mm-hmm. basically. Absolutely. Uh, and a passion project, that, uh, something that you've wanted to build for a long time. I mean, I think yeah. that bringing something to life that you've had like a vision of in your mind is yeah. uh, is a really cool thing in general. So what about uh, the balance of, I mean, do you know how that's all going to work out with the balance of the engine? You know, obviously we know yeah. how things work uh, where tiny, tiny, we're talking millimeters can change the feeling of the bike. Uh, right. Do you have an idea on how that's going to go? Is that going to be a big issue with the size of that engine or um, let me know? I mean, I, yeah. I, I know you enough to yeah. know that's something you're thinking. So yeah. uh, I needed to ask the question. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions that a lot of people asked was what's the weight of the motor? Cause okay. I think uh, when people think like 600 CCs plus they're like thinking about like the XR six fifties and stuff like that. And those motors are tanks. I, I mean, know. Right. Exactly. Tanks. Yep. And so that was one of the other things I keep telling people that is even more cool about this entire engine is it's roughly the same weight as a stock TRX engine. Oh, okay. So yeah. So balance would be different, but you're not worried about the size of the engine or the weight of the engine being so massive. That's one thing that I was thinking, even when yeah. I looked at a picture of the bike, um, mm-hmm. the engine just looked big. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, well then that might eliminate mm-hmm. some of the, because in my mind too, with a bigger engine, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, the gas tank fit and you know, yeah. all that stuff. I mean, you'll run out of, out of room fast oh, sometimes yeah. with those bigger engines, but yep. if this is, if this isn't that much of an issue, then, uh, man, it might not be that crazy. No. And I think, uh, you know, like the height of the engine is taller, yep. but, uh, it's only two inches taller than a KTM 250 engine. Oh, okay. So, and they, they put those in obviously TRX chassis mm-hmm. all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, we might have to arch up the, the, make an aluminum gas tank and arch it up to get it up over the top. Uh, the intake yep. comes out at a pretty good angle. Uh, you know, the water pumps, I think, you know, they both come out to the left, which is a problem. Uh, but I think if we either a, we just, you know, wrap one of them back to the bottom in inlet and then one up to the top, I think that'll work so that we've been looking at all of it. I think my biggest concern with the TRX chassis, uh, is really actually the swing arm pivot, uh, the, the bolt hole through is, is a lot higher on, on this engine than it is a TRX basically. Sure. So basically we're going to have to drop it down into this cradle. And if it's sitting too high up and we're going to be below the, the skid plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so either a, we're going to have to rotate, you know, those, the holes up on the frame or figure out a cradle underneath of it or, or uh, that's, that's honestly the biggest challenge right now. I think weight wise okay. distribution, riding it, I think all of that's going to be, you know, right where we need it to be, but, uh, that's going to be tough. So. Okay. Yes. I've seen some of the 250 builds that had a little bit of a cradle setup, or mm-hmm. basically like, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's like a extension or, uh, you know, kind of a, a middleman to the yeah. frame and the engine. You don't, you know, maybe you end up going kind of that route. That might be, if you can make yeah. it all fit. I mean, I'm just going off the cuff here. If you can make it all fit, that might be yeah. the, the well, easiest way, you know, without, because man, putting a cradle all the way underneath the thing, oh. that's going to change the height and yeah, it'd be crazy. So well, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting to see you guys work your magic. Well, and I think the one thing that uh, people have brought up or we don't even think about is like, yeah, we can get it to fit in there, but it makes 56 foot pounds of torque stock. And again, we're not going to, we're not going to keep this thing stock. So, I mean, we're going to literally rip this thing out of a stock chassis. Like it's, it's, 
yeah, we get it in there, but making sure the thing doesn't twist in half is going to yeah. be the, the, the other part of it. So honestly, honestly, that's unreal. Yeah. Um, so you talked about, you know, you had kind of put some stuff out there, you know, asking people yeah. ideas on hybrid builds and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody was thinking as outside the box as you were. No, I think uh, we, like I said, we talked about it a little bit and we had posted a, a question. Uh, I had two frames. I had a, a KFX 450 frame, uh, which I liked because it was all aluminum. So mm-hmm. I was, at first I was like, man, if I build a TT bike, that frame is super light. That'd be a, a cool frame. Uh, and then I had the, this TRX frame. And so I, first I asked, which frame does everyone like? And, and pretty unanimously, the TRX frame one, which I get it, you know, TRX ballers and, and me too. It would yep. be tough for me to be able to anything else. Well, then I also asked, like, what motor would you guys like to see us use? And uh, like I said, there was, uh, there was two prominent answers. One was the CRF 450, which I wasn't ready to build the same thing that everyone else built. Like, that's not going to do anything, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and then the next one that I thought was extremely prominent and was interesting was the KTM 300 EXC, which counterbalanced two-stroke motor, you know, EFI, like very, very cool and attractive two-stroke motor by mm-hmm. all means. And uh, surprisingly, we did not get one answer for a 701 or a Duke 690. Okay. Which yep. is also partially why I wanted to do it too, even more is because like, nobody's even thought of this, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and, uh, it's, it, it's going to be scary fast. And, uh, I think hopefully turn some heads and it's different, you know, nobody's done it yet. Nobody's done a Husqvarna 701, a 690 builds have been done, but nobody's used a Husky, uh, 701 motor, which, so that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be badass. I can't wait to see it all come together. What are we looking at? Uh, obviously, this is early in the process, so um, you're not gonna have all the answers for me. But what are we looking at for time frame? You think? My our initial goal when we finally sat down after we had the bike and decided to like really go after this. Our initial goal is to have it debuted at Ashtabula. Okay. For the 52nd anniversary. And and I asked that question with that in mind, I thought, okay, this could be the perfect event to roll this thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the other reason why it's kind of a, a a point for us is because I actually have a full TT set up for a TRX. So like to hopefully not jump through a few more hoops, it's Mm -hmm. all brand new parts. I just haven't used basically. So uh, that's really like the initial you know, shocks take a long time. Arms, you know how it is. Oh, I, mean, I do. Yeah. So, uh, that's the plan right now. Okay. So. That's exciting. And, and I do think, I mean, yes, I know that, uh, you know, your goal is to make this thing up, you know, it can moto and it can TT and it can flat track and do all these things. I do think, I mean, I, you and I are probably thinking the same way that it's going to be a really good flat track and TT bike. Oh. And maybe it's a question mark motocross wise who knows right um yeah, yeah but 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 flat whole track and tt well there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt just whole shot and block but yeah, yeah. uh but no flat track and tt especially when you're talking about something with that much torque and being should be rider friendly when all the eyes yeah. are dotted and the t's are crossed um that's gonna be awesome so uh and i love the fact that you're getting it out there now i mean it's february we're talking about this thing it's gonna create uh you know a following of itself and by the time that that race comes uh everybody's gonna be looking forward to uh seeing what this thing can do yeah, and I think it was a great, you know, timing wise, I thought it was good because, you know, the whole hybrid 
production discussion continues. It's, you know, my opinion, one of the highest, especially now that you know, everyone's switching to Yamaha, you know, Mike talking about how there's no, uh, you know, it's, it's not as fun anymore because there's only one manufacturer and stuff. And, and, you know, to some extent I can see that. Uh, but I th- thought this would just bring a little bit more light to just fun, basically bring, mm-hmm. bring some fun to all of it and, uh, you know, do something different. Do something different. I, I feel like we talk about this regularly, um, that, you know, you're always trying to find something to motivate yourself, mm-hmm. like no matter Absolutely. what it is, what you're, you're an athlete. So whether it's ath- athletic stuff, whether it's business stuff, whether it's, I don't know, home life, whatever, like yeah. we all need to find motivation in what we do. Um, yeah. so yeah, to have that motivation to be building something that's a passion project, a vision that you've had for the longest time. I just think, mm-hmm. uh, think all of that's cool. Is there anything else that you want to, uh, touch on before we move on to kind of some other stuff? Yeah, no, I think that's about it. I think we touched on all of it. I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, I wanted to expose some people to it and bring some awareness and and like you said uh let's uh let's have some fun and, and i want to get people involved with it so i appreciate you of, of course oh of course yeah and i'm assuming your plan is to kind of keep people up to date along the way as this thing's yeah. coming together yeah. yeah look at our uh uh first our instagram handle um and that's where we share most of our content facebook as well uh mm-hmm. we're gonna get a youtube channel we have a youtube youtube channel but we don't share stuff on it uh we're gonna do a whole build series across it and uh basically taking the motor out you know everything so it'll be uh very comprehensive and and show everything that we do awesome well that that's perfect um that's something that you know we can go ahead and share some of that stuff too but you're gonna have a lot of listeners now following along for for the ride with that so that's exciting and i know that uh you know that's not the only thing that you guys are cooking up in the shop um you know up there at rocket so um you know i know you have some other cool stuff in the works fill us in on some of the other more maybe more typical atv stuff you're working on or, or, or um what's keeping you busy other than that that project Absolutely. No, um, you know, some of the more recent stuff that we're, we're, uh, you know, kicking off now, uh, that's going to be, you know, in production or moving along a lot faster. Uh, our, I think you saw, we, we shared that we're going to make rear hubs. So like one of the things that everyone has asked, like, Cody, I'm not kidding you. Like three times a week, we get a phone call. Like, do you guys make rear hubs? And I keep telling them like, no, like, look, I want to, but they're going to be really expensive and you're not going to want to spend the price, you know, like, mm-hmm. but everyone kept asking, like, well, what's the price? What's the price? What, what, what would it be? And so then finally we actually put some numbers to it. We came up with a price and I said, you know, we're going to make 10 sets of YFZ and TRX and, you know, we'll see how it goes basically. Okay. And, yep. uh, uh, so that's a, exciting. I, I've always wanted to make some, you know, we've talked about it for a long time. You know, I have, I have one of your rear hubs, you know, so I got to get you, uh, get you set up with the set yet too. So, uh, I was so pumped when I saw that because so for like 10 years, literally Mm -hmm. on every one of my bikes, I've been like, if I'd sell off a bike, I'd take off the rear hubs (laughs) that I had and sell it with stock hubs because the stockers I would blow out in no time. Yeah. It gets sloppy. And I've had these hardcore hubs that, now all of those have finally went on me that I don't have. I actually broke really? one at Texas at the end of the wow. season. So, yeah. um, I was out of options. I didn't even know what I was going to do. One of my bikes has been sitting in the shop without a hub on it for like five months. I'm not joking. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was so pumped. Um, so 
I, I felt like, and again, this is a conversation that we have had, but mm. the thought that um, you're finally going to do this, test the waters, see what it is, because I feel like so many people are in the same position as me, where it's like, what do you do? Where do you mm-hmm. go? What, what we, we didn't have any options. And um, I'm excited that you're going to test the waters on this, especially yeah. kind of supply and demand. I mean, you know how it is like so many of us don't cut corners with our race programs. Yeah. Um, so yes, I mean, you're not trying to bend anybody over, but like, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of us that are going to pay the price on something Yep. whatever it is, if it, if it's essential to, um, you know, our racing program. So, uh, yeah. excited that you guys are going to finally roll something yeah. out like this. This is exciting. And I think you touched on it too. It's no secret that, uh, you know, like our entire, like a lot of the products that we've made have been based around and had the hardcore thought in mind. And, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that a lot of people, uh, don't remember necessarily or know of that you touched on about why the hardcore hubs were so special was is they had that stainless steel splined insert Mm -hmm. and uh that's what made them special so they don't wallow out i mean aluminum hubs yes they're cheap people you know were commenting on our post like i can buy aluminum hubs for 200 and some dollars and i'm like go ahead you get what you pay for though you get what you pay for yeah you're not going to get a season out of them basically Mm -hmm. you know and uh so again like all of our products i want to you sell you something that you're going to buy one of, you know, I'm trying to make it it reasonable. And so this is what we're doing. We're going to do a a aluminum hub with a stainless steel splined insert. And uh, that's, what's going to be one of the larger costs and why it is what it is, you Mm -hmm. know? But like you said, I mean, that's what you want to hear as a, as a consumer Mm -hmm. that, a business like you isn't trying to continue to sell me something as it goes bad. It's not, it's not your cell phone. That's got a timer on it that the thing's going to take a crap when it's supposed to take a crap. So you get another phone to -hmm. think that, uh, that you're trying to replace something for us long-term. That's a cool thing. DJ, I think so often now that I don't know what we did or what we would have done without you, without your company, because you filled such a void of something that had like, there was no fill for it, you know? And I often think now, like, I don't know what we would do without you. And, um, you're, you kind of control the whole market on top end, you know, part hard parts like you use, whether it's the, the hubs, the other stuff you guys do the, you know, I like, I like your spindles, the um, dad and I were just talking about the spindles and even like your, your um, steering stem clamps, stuff like that is just next level. I don't know what we did before, um, you know, before you guys were around and you've really cornered the market on, uh, you know, some of the stuff it's really, it's, it's truly unreal. No. And I think uh, one of the things we're not going to sacrifice quality, for price, you know, so like, don't get me wrong. Like we do everything we can to help support. I'm not going to promise you that we're going to be the cheapest product in the market. And yeah, I don't want to, but you're not trying to be exactly. No, no. And I think that goes right. And, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up too, is the LTR spindles that we make the, which, uh, you know, first question I get is, are they truly LTR geometry? 100%. Like I can show you an overlay exact geometry, but what we did is we, we strengthened the spindles at the break points and normally break like right where the spindle shaft is, um, right at the bottom of where the bottom heim joint goes in. If you look at ours there, there, we put ribs in there. We did, uh, uh, design analysis. We have a local aerospace inspection lab that, uh, we did all the strength testing on and they are 
by far stronger than OEM. I had heard actually from one uh, one guy that he doesn't put more than 50 hours on a set of LTR spindles mm-hmm. in fear that they'll break. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Max Linquist, or uh, not Max Linquist, I'm sorry, Zach Decker broke his arm last year because he broke an LTR spindle. Okay. Uh, Alan Meyer broke five LTR spindles, he said, in one season. Oh, um, gosh. He's running our LTR spindles, hasn't had an issue. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, all the all the other... Well, there's a lot the, of three or four or five pros running good, right now too. Yes, and those are those are things that I had heard too. Um, the thing is, is there's not a product out there across the board in ATV racing um, that's you know more thought out, more tested, more you know mm-hmm. I don't know scientifically like proven, looked at, analyzed all this stuff like you do. The design work and the analysis that you guys use is next level. Um, and I feel like uh, when I, and I, when I'm when I'm bolting on you know some rocket product i know that i'm getting the very best on the market which is awesome and uh i was gonna ask you you know how crazy the growth has been um and again kind of uh referencing what i said before you've cornered the market like you've figured out you have your market um Mm -hmm. but you know the growth has been crazy it wasn't long ago that you were showing me an early generation hub yeah. in in this you know cool impressive box and and the presentation was amazing this is before you had any of this though and um now you basically have created a situation where anybody that is anybody everyone who's anyone is mm. running your stuff and that's that's incredible i appreciate it and i think you know like a lot of it's from the hard work that we put into the product and, and caring about the rider ultimately like that. We ride our own stuff. When we were down at Decker's, we talked, uh, I talked to Jason about it and he's like, you know, I like your stuff because you ride it, you know, like that's one of the things. And it's like, uh, we care. And, uh, you know, I think that's what's made, helped us grow so fast. You know, we answer the phone, we we're there to ask questions. If there's something you're, if you're having an issue, whatever it may be, we're going to help you figure it out. Uh, it could be something completely even unrelated to us and, and we will help you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been, been great for us. Absolutely. I appreciate it. So when you talk about, um, in, in the pro classes and everything, but when you think of the, the 2020 pro class last season, you had, you had to have 80, 85, 90% of the riders. Yeah. I think at one point I, I thought we were, yeah, it was up there. I don't, I think there's only like four people that, that okay. weren't running our hubs. Yeah. And okay. uh, some, actually one of the guys that was, wasn't running our hubs uh, was, we actually offered him a sponsorship and we gave him, he just never ordered. So, I mean, we oh, almost wow. had like the entire okay. field, which is cool. Really cool. Yeah. And I don't know if we touched on this last time, but it's something that I've told a number of people when I get asked about your stuff is so when you think of Chad Weenan's program, he doesn't change anything, right? Mm-hmm. He's stuck in his ways. He no. like it's, I mean, and, and rightfully so, right. He's been so successful. Yeah. He's going to continue to use the things that he trusts and yeah. you come in, he tests your product. He likes yeah. your product. He puts your stuff on his bike, wins another title. Um, mm-hmm. That's like a huge selling point to me. You know, oh. when I, when I thought about that um, and I'm telling you, I, I bet you I've said this, told this exact same story to 25 yeah. people about it. No, and you're exactly right. And, and honestly, I kind of even forgot. Uh, I didn't forget. I like to somewhat forget like the whole we might actually have to do a whole, like, like maybe another segment where I tell you about the testing day that I did with Chad okay. uh, on our hubs for the first one. But, uh, yeah, Chad, it was stressful. Let, let me put it that way. But, uh, uh, Chad 
doesn't change things and he's, he wants stuff to be a particular way. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he helped me grow a little bit because he asked questions and, and pushed me to a new level to, to get things to where he wanted it. Um, and I did that. I think that was probably one of the biggest things that he, uh, you know, enjoyed and, and uh, like believed in me because I was so receptive and instantly made changes and, and made it right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now Chad, like not only did he switch, he also sells it on his website. Uh, he has a Weenan Motorsports Edition hub. Like we completely changed it, and uh, he's been awesome for for us. And and uh, he's he's got a great setup. Oh, he's the man. So you did you did uh, improve the hub though after yes. starting working with him? Yes. Uh, there's actually um, there's actually a Chad Weenan Edition LTR hub. Like that's oh, actually. Sure completely different so a lot of people okay. like go on his website and they're like well it's just a rocket hub with a weaning cap and uh the it is actually different so okay. uh it's it's not like a whole lot different um personally mm-hmm. uh i like it i like it a lot i just prefer the other one a little bit more for everyone because i feel like it's a little bit more robust chad changes his stuff so much and so often mm-hmm. um so that's a whole different conversation you know you're, like you're yeah 100 yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's exciting. That's cool. Um, I feel like again, uh, Chad's not just somebody who wants something out of people. He Mm -hmm. knows exactly what he wants and he wants to work with people that are going to, um, you know, kind of improve his program, help take him to another level, but yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to penetrate into his program. So the fact that you did it and then uh, created a better hub, I mean, that's for, that's for the benefit of everybody else. So, um, speaking of the pro class and and again, so much, so many of those riders, um, you know, our team rocket riders, uh, in the pro class there, will you be, uh, playing digging deep ATV MX fantasy with us? Oh, of course, man. I pay, play the, the RM fantasy. I got to play, uh, the digging deep, the ATV fantasy. This is what we all dreamed of, man. To, okay. uh, get in on this yeah i'm excited i hope uh i hope everybody else is is that excited too because it's been a hasn't been a cheap or easy endeavor but uh we're pulling it off we're making it happen so i'm going to put you on the spot here um for daytona who are you putting on your four rider team you know like uh you know you've probably read like most people have read you have a rider kind of from each tier um so your tier one options are chad weenan joel hetrick and bryce ford who you got I had to go, you know, Chad's staying consistent. He's on the same program. Uh, Joel's on the Yamaha now. You know, I got to go with Mr. Consistent and put Chad at my tier one. I mean, I think that's a, a, an easy pick. Yeah, Chad's been so good at, at Daytona, too. Yeah. Uh, he's dominated Daytona. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting you bring up Joel on the Yamaha. It's going to be so interesting to uh, just see something different. Don't you think? Like, I feel like for the last decade, it's pretty much been, you know, Chad and Joel on their same machines, just re-racking them for another season Mm -hmm. Uh, to see something different is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Joel is moving on the Yamaha, man. He is honestly, I didn't think he could get much faster on his Honda. And I think he looks faster on the Yamaha. So mm-hmm. by no means by me picking Chad and my uh, downplaying oh, full no. speed on that Yamaha, but he looks good. I think he's going to come out swinging and uh, it's going to be a long season for the two of them. That's for sure. And we'll see who can get up there and battle with them. It's going to be exciting from talking to those guys too. It sounds like um, Joel and Jeffrey trust the bike more 
So that's going to be a whole nother aspect of it is that uh, Joel might just feel like he can just go as hard as possible for the entire race, but uh, that's a whole nother topic. So um, tier two, moving on to your next rider. uh, Who are you going to pick from Nick Janusa, Alan Myers, Wesley Wolf, Jeffrey Rostrelli, or Brandon Hogue? You know, that tier is is a tough tier to pick, you know, from the standpoint that uh, we know that they all battle and and that's really for that number three position, obviously with Thomas moving out. Um, But my pick is, uh, is Nick Janusa. Uh, I really think he's made some changes to his program and uh, we've worked with him, you know, a lot here a little bit recently. Not that my changes are the reason I think, uh, I think he's got some more stuff going on outside of that, but uh, you know, he really showed at the end and he's consistent uh, I, I really like Nick in that, that number two sp- spot there. So. Agreed. No, I think the, I think Nick is, is, I mean, we've said it on so many of these shows, he's fourth or fifth, he's been fourth or fifth in every single one of these championships. Obviously he's looking to, you know, Thomas is gone now. He's looking to take that, you know, be that next podium guy. Um, it's going to be interesting. Daytona is really dependent on starts. I feel like, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Um, he's going to need to showcase this, you know, new starting ability that he desires so much. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Brandon Hogue. I think when I finally yeah. in, in my, right. your picks, right. my picks, they're probably, yeah, yeah. they're probably very subject to change at this yeah. point. It's still early, but yeah. um, cause we're, we're, we're not live yet with this thing, but I think I'm going to go with Brandon Hogue because he was so impressive last year at Daytona. Um, yeah. You know, he's got uh, you know, he's, he's got a whole lot of buildup inside him wanting to prove something. He's going to walk into that stadium that the, the raceway, the speedway there with good vibes and yeah. uh, man, he's he still, he still thinks like he could have and should have won that main event. If he would have got the start like he did in the heat race. So uh, that's going to be exciting. That tier is probably the most exciting one for me. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Cause when I first started digging deep and we were talking about the racing, I think I just threw out there that there's these different tiers, right. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's, you want to see how it's yeah. um, all going to shake out. So the fact that that was the the concept that we used for um, the fantasy is kind of cool. I feel like uh, that's that, that, tier right there could be different every single weekend. Um, and, and when you talk about tier one, I guess we kind of, you know, bypassed it. My only fear was, is if we put Bryce and these, these tiers can change every week, right? Like things are going to change as we see where people are, but I didn't want to put Bryce in tier two week one, because even though Bryce hasn't won an event like the other guys, I was afraid that everybody would just take Bryce. Um, so now if somebody takes Bryce in tier one and and says, he's going to win the event, uh, I, I feel like you're going to get a massive payoff if that actually happens. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. All the tiers are cool. So let's move on to, to tier three. Yeah. Um, so we got Logan Stanfield, Max Linquist, Wes Lewis, not sure if he's going to race or not, but I was mm. little bird told me we might see him this year yet. Um, Troy Hill, Cody Ford and Parker will work out, which again with Parker, um, I'm told mm-hmm. that he may show up at some point. Don't know yeah. when, don't know if it would be Daytona, um, but he's not a tier four guy if he's in the class. So we needed to put him somewhere. We found a, yeah. a spot in tier three for him. So uh, who do you got there? You know, there's a lot of, again, a lot of fast guys, a lot of great riders. And uh, I don't want to, you know, play favoritism to one or the other, but uh, I got to go with the, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin boy, man. Yeah. 
I agree. Max, Max Linquist. That was my pick. It was it was an easy choice. Maybe I'm a little bit slightly biased, being that uh, he's a Wisconsin boy. But uh, no, Max is a great kid. Uh, we had a long conversation actually on the phone and learned you know even more about him. And uh, I, I really think that I think he, you could see him move into that tier two spot pretty easily so, this too. year. I think uh, he's got a he's got a great program. He's got uh, his head on his shoulders. He's he's humble and he's mm-hmm. hungry. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so for me there, it comes down to, to Max and Logan. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. With Max, I mean, how cool is that kid? Like, oh. I can't believe when I talk to him how young yeah. he is. It just blows my mind. It's exactly it. Yeah, he calls me up and he's like, you know, uh, he wanted to start the Max Linquist, you know, the ML2 Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he was so polite and so nice and so humble. And just like was so thankful for everything. And I was just like, I hung up the phone and I was like, that dude's awesome. I know. Wow. I like, huh. And how, and how old is he again? Like, I for, you know, like, yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. So yeah, yeah. yeah. big He's, fan of him. Absolutely. And I feel like I, I still can't wrap my head around what he did last season and his first season on a 450. Um, so yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I didn't want to throw him out there in tier two right away, but yeah, I mean, he could, he could be in tier two after one, one week. Um, yeah. he could, de- he, he, I could definitely see him battling with those guys in that, in that tier Logan Stanfield though. I mean, he's a guy that's already finished top yeah. five that mm-hmm. finished top five. You're going to be in tier two. You know, so um, it's going to be interesting to see those guys, those two might be the standout guys there, but you know, from, from one of our previous episodes here, just in the last episode or two, we talked to the Ford brothers crew, you know, they have high hopes for, for Cody Ford saying that he's going to come out swinging Troy Hills, a great rider. So uh, that's another tier that um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And I think uh, you, you know, talking about Logan, I got a chance to obviously see Logan ride when I went down to Decker's and uh, Logan's rolling, man. I mean, he's, he's, he's got uh, some new thoughts. He's going to take his program at a little bit different angle this year. And uh, yeah, he's moving. I think he, he could definitely surprise some people and he's, he's been around the program or been in the pro class long enough that I think it's ready. It's time for him to, to be able to do that too. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and when you talk about great kids, that's just a, that's another great guy. I mean, yeah, uh, Logan Stanfield is an, is an awesome kid, a kid that I've watched grow up from the youth ranks and now be in the pro class. And again, be a top five rider at times. Um, he deserves everything that he earns. Cause I feel like he mm-hmm. works hard, got a great head on his shoulders and uh, yeah, just a great kid. So um, hard to, hard to have, hard to have a bias between any of those guys. I oh, like them all. So, um, yep. so tier four is a little more difficult because yeah. I know that some of the guys on that list aren't going to be at every race. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something that we're going to need to monitor. Like the Mickelson brothers, I don't know if they're going to be, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be around. I don't know some of these things. Um, who do you got in tier four? I won't list all the riders. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's literally expected to be 30 guys with a pro license this year, which is awesome. awesome. Um, this, and, and I said this earlier, I think that this is going to be a tier where I think this might be where races and championships are won and lost as far as fantasy goes, because mm-hmm. you're going to probably have the biggest variation in tier four. So who are you looking at, um, you know, a few weeks out yet from Daytona in this tier? Yeah, you're exactly right. In terms of making a difference. I mean, shoot, you might pick someone, I don't know how quickly or how late you can make a change, but you could pick someone and maybe he doesn't show up. Right. I exactly. Mean, exactly. You know, or he doesn't qualify. 
what happens then too. So, well, and I'm glad that you said that. I think now, again, there's going to be some testing the waters on this. I, I do believe that I'm going to try to set, like you have in an hour, I'm hoping we can have an hour after time qualifying for people to set their lineup. Okay. So that's my goal right now. Yeah. Um, and it should be realistic. I mean, uh, yeah. originally, and I haven't necessarily discussed this yet uh, with the public, my original plan was that Dallas and I were going to build this thing. We were going to build okay. it all on our website. We were going to do it all ourselves. That's how I envisioned it. Um, yep. And it was just, it got too complicated. Yeah, so absolutely. we couldn't, we couldn't make that happen. So I found uh you know, kind of an outfit, a platform that this is what they do. Okay. The only thing is, is then we were limited because I had ideas of doing whole shot awards for extra yeah. points. And, and I thought maybe you have a wild card. That's like another yeah. tier three or tier four rider and just add them to your team. There was people that suggested having, you know, maybe like picking uh, the pro-am class, just other ways uh, to have more points yeah. um, with the way that this, this company works that hosts this thing. We don't have that ability, uh, yeah. which, which yeah. is probably better because yeah. we're testing the waters. This is a, this, yeah, this is a new thing for all of us. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's my hope is that we'll have a little time after time qualifying. So you'll know who's in the motos yeah. um, and then, and kind of go from there. But uh, yeah, let us so, know who you're looking at for tier four. So I went with uh, Michael Allred for that tier four. Um, I think, you know, he's a consistent rider. Uh, you know, he's, he's got good speed. Um, I, I just think he's, he's, uh, he's just consistent. You know, he's yep. a good pick, especially out of everyone there, you know? Agreed. Uh, he's, he would be my pick too. Uh, he would be my pick too. You know, Mike and I've spent, you know, some time racing each other over the years. Mm-hmm. He's just a great guy. We talked about on one of the previous episodes, one who we had him on being that he's a little elder statesman, um, yeah. to the other guys. He's not a, yeah. he's not a young kid, you know, and yeah. some of these rookies or some of the, the kids entering the class are still pretty young. I yeah. feel like, even though he's a rookie, quote unquote, yeah, not quite as young as those other kids, and I feel like that's going to be um, that's going to be a strength of his. So that's why I feel like that's a safe yeah. bet, that's a safe pick. Um, but you know, when the races come, especially Daytona, like Daytona's crazy, oh, uh, crazy yeah. stuff happens. Again, so much is dependent on the start and things happen on the start and, and well, it's going to be crazy, but yeah, I mean, there's, and again, I don't know what's going to all happen at Daytona, but we have Europeans that have license, you know, mm-hmm. we have, you know, kind of vet riders trying to test out the waters of the pro class guys yeah. that we don't know a bunch about kids, you know, phenoms, these rising phenoms in the sport that are, that are mm-hmm. getting their pro license, making the, the jump to that class. So um, in general, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And it looks like, you know, for the first time in a lot of years, there's, there might be guys that actually don't make the show. And that's, that's exciting. Uh, do you know when the last time we had 30 pro like, or had an LCQ for the pro riders? We were talking about it today at lunch. Actually. So as, as long as I can remember, it must've been, must've been 2015, maybe at Daytona. Okay. Or maybe it was 14, but one of those years okay. there was like, 26 25 26 24 something like that riders because wow. i remember being scared to death that i wasn't gonna make it 
Yeah. And yeah. Uh, thankfully I ended up getting third in my heat, but there was a lot of good riders that went home. So yeah. uh, I yeah. just didn't want to be that guy And it. No, so it's, it's, it's been a while, but it's awesome. Um, you know, Harv and I were talking about this, the, the AMA ref, the referee. And, you know, when you look at like Supercross, we went to Supercross uh, a couple of weeks ago in Indy yeah. and there's a, a lot of guys that are like in the B qualifier that mm. like, they're amazing riders, but they don't look it necessarily when you stack them up against, you know, the best of the best. Yeah. Um, absolutely. there's guys that are going laps down. There's got, I mean, we're watching the lights class, uh, mm-hmm. you know, lap up to, to the top five. So, uh, the moral of the story was that you don't need to be Chad Weenan or Joel Hetrick to compete in the pro class. And I feel like you look at all you know, these top, uh, excuse me, tier four riders, that's going to be a race of itself. I don't care if they're, if they're a half a lap down or three quarters of a lap down, Mm -hmm. that's another race. That's more guys out there. That's a great look. And and that's a great thing for our sport. And I believe that this could be the beginning of, Hey, you don't need to be a contender to win, to enter the pro class. I feel like as long as you're capable, as long as you're safe, as long as you're smart, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great thing for the sport. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it was either Logan or, or Alan and I had a, you know, a little bit of a discussion about that. You know, it's like there to some bit of me, I feel like some of the guys in that tier two and tier three, uh, you know, in that list, they could have won championships in years past. I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously like quads have gotten better. Technology has gotten better, which is obviously also make, made them faster, but there are no slouches and, and uh, a lot of great riders. And I think a lot of people, you know, put Chad and Joel on a whole new pedestal because they are, they are freaking natures. I mean, they are on a new level in a lot of sense, but those other guys are not slow at all and exciting to watch. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've been saying this, that Chad and Joel are just, they're some of the greatest ever. And mm. for them other guys, it's unfortunate that they got to line up against, you know, the greatest guys every week, but you can also like, if you finish on the podium with them, if you give them a run for their money, if you beat oh. them in a moto or an overall or whatever, like then you beat the baddest guys that there are. Yeah. So you're, you're exactly right. I agree a hundred percent. Those guys in that next tier are incredible riders and they might've been winners, um, you know, along the way, uh, if they weren't having to race Chad and Joel, they're just, they happen to be some of yeah. the best. Um, but yeah, pretty similar teams there for us both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're either going to look really smart or we're going <laughs> to look like we totally missed the boat, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's fun to talk about. I feel like this is going to bring a whole nother, um, you know, more excitement, a whole nother kind of joy to watching, um, yep. pro class racing as the season unfolds. And just a reminder, uh, that we should go live with this thing in the next uh, coming days, a week or so, probably less okay. than a week though. Um, yeah. So uh, just telling the listeners, stay tuned. We'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to let everybody know, you know, when this thing's open and you can sign up and uh, we'll be blasting it all over social media. So um, one last thing that I wanted to touch on, you uh, mentioned it a few times now, um, but you recently made a trip down to the Decker uh, facility, the Decker training facility down there. So yeah. tell me about that because that looks like uh looks like an awesome place to be. Yeah. And I, I can't say, you know, I'll, I'll get to the, the good portion of it, the, the track side of it, they, but, uh, Melissa and Jason, uh, were absolutely great. I mean, as soon as we got there, Melissa was coming out, you know, welcoming us and, and, you know, asking us, you know, everything we needed throughout the entire stay. Like I know she was there like cleaning the bathroom and cleaning the gym. They have a gym and a beautiful shower area. And, uh, just the entire facility and the group of people and everyone that was down there 
uh, we had an absolute blast aside from the riding side of it. And, uh, but on top of that, the, the track is unbelievable. I mean, like the dirt, it looks, it looks like, uh, it almost looks like red clay, but it has, and it's almost packy, but it's, it's sand. And, uh, I'm like a freak about making sure my bike's clean. And I know you're the same. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to like stain my wheels and things like that. I'm like, Oh man, this it didn't, it just washes away. I mean, the track, uh, never got boring. It, uh, it gets rough to, you know, so great training. Um, a lot of great riders down there. And again, there's not very many places that allow us to do that at like they do. Um, and, and they really created something that I think the ATV industry really needed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I want them, I, I wish them the most success because as a, as an ATV rider, we need a place like that to go at any point and, and ride is, you know, priceless. Absolutely. The, what they're doing for ATV racing, creating kind of this Mecca. And I know that, you know, two wheeled guys are, are allowed to, and, and everything, but, um, to have a place where it's so quad friendly and mm-hmm. centric, uh, you're exactly right. That's something that we've needed. So, uh, that looks like the place to be, you referenced a few guys that were, <clears throat> that were there. Um, who did you see down there? Like any big name guys while you were there? Uh, so Alan Myers, Logan Stanfield and Wesley Wolf were all down there. Um, all of them training together, been training well, and then Zach, obviously, as well. Zach Decker, I don't want to, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, Wesley is is rolling, man. Uh, there's there's a jump there called the power line jump, yep. and uh, basically, like, seriously, when you ride the track initially, it's like you shouldn't this shouldn't be a takeoff and a downside, these are like two really like large singles, basically. Okay, and uh, on the first day that we were there, uh, myself and Gloop were talking and, uh, out just out of the blue, Wesley had hit this thing on a bike and he decides he's going to hit it on the quad. And, and there had been guys in, like, there, I think there's only like a handful of guys that have made this jump. Um, and, and he came up extremely short. And so my first like real, uh, relationship or conversation with Wesley was him. Like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to be okay. And, uh, he got the family jewels. Uh, that was the the big problem. He's walking around. He's like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. But, uh, so that was the first time we got to talk to Wesley, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, fast guys down there and, and, uh, it was cool to watch them ride and see, I wanted to little, know a little bit more about their off season training and, and how, what do they do day to day? How does it go? You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Well, you know what, when, uh, when we're picking fantasy picks now, I feel like that knowing the background, uh, yeah. makes it, makes it that much more important. Like I need to know what their program's like, how's the bike, maintenance, <laughs> uh, all these yep. things. So, uh, it's exciting. So if I was to ask you who was most impressive in their training and their riding, uh, or whatever, um, who would you say? So I can't like Logan and, and, uh, Alan kind of were training together. So I don't really want to like put either of them on a higher, cause they're both doing it. You know, okay. they're, they're, they're kind of paired up, you know? Yep. yep. Um, I think Alan looked a little bit more aggressive on the track. You know, he looked like, like he was typical of his riding yeah, style. Yeah, that's his yeah. riding style for sure. Um, mm-hmm. He looked, I, I would say he's probably wants, he looked like he wanted it a little bit more than Logan, like just all together. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, yep. I think uh, there are, but I, and again, I don't want to downplay Logan at all because I, I know, no, I know no. he's working hard and stuff like that. But if I had to put just visual, uh, and just feel, I felt like, like Alan had a, had a chip on his shoulder, shoulder a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a guy that could take, uh, I had this conversation with, um, Brandon Hogue, but Mm -hmm. 
that year three so often is when you see a big jump. Um, so that, that could be, you know, that, that very well could mean that Allen's going to have a big year this year. It's funny that you talk about those two guys because between Allen and Logan, um, I feel like they're so similar. Just mm-hmm. Allen is just one year in the progression ahead, you yeah. know, but, but I think of them so similarly. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. It's cool that you got to go down there. I wanted to ask you about it because it looked like you were having a blast. I yeah. saw the pictures and stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to touch on that before we got you out of here because, uh, yeah. you know, we're we're not officially partnered with the the Deckers anymore, um, but obviously still huge fans of those guys. Love what they're doing for the sport. We're working towards a, a common vision or a common goal mm-hmm. with the betterment of ATVs, all of us, you included. Um, so yeah, it was uh, just great to see you down there. And uh, yeah, that place looks like a like a rad place to to ride and train. That's for sure. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Well, yeah. it was good to talk some more about it, and uh, I appreciate you having us on again. Yeah, man. I, uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, we'll get you out of here on that note, but I can't thank you enough for, um, you know, joining me and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a huge season for rocket machining and design riders. I think, uh, basically every rider to choose from and the fantasy stuff, like we talked about is going to be equipped with your stuff. So, uh, stoked on yeah. that. And we're, we're obviously stoked to see how this, uh, the project, um, you know, comes with the, the hybrid thing. And, uh, yes. on, honestly, uh, I'm even more excited for the rear hubs than anything else. <laughs> So, uh, Absolutely. yeah. So with all that, uh, great stuff you guys got going on, um, I just appreciate you taking a minute to talk, uh, with us about it all. And, uh, yeah, this is a blast. I mean, just the, the bench racing, the chopping it up about, uh, you know, ATV racing subjects, especially this Absolutely. time of year. Uh, this is what it's all about. I just, I loved conversations like this. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And, uh, like I said earlier, check us out on social media, rock machining design. Um, we're officially naming the, the build called the ship, uh, kind of, the rocket ship mm-hmm. uh yep. we talked about it for a while so uh check out the ship build um and yeah just uh give us a call if you guys have any questions and uh hopefully we'll hook you up i appreciate mm-hmm. it cody you're the man that's dj sperling owner of rocket machining and design brought to you by manscaped to get 20 percent off plus free shipping by using code digging deep 20 at manscaped.com thanks for everything buddy see you soon thank you cody we'll talk to you later We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, Visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. 
The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Bike Strikes and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes, and snowmobiles, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs, from hard parts to riding gear. Bike Strikes and Quads also offers hard-to-find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leaving that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, 
late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. All right, guys, our final guest of the night is another individual I go way back with. Coincidentally, everybody on this episode has Wisconsin ties, but uh, this guest is one that many women look up to. Many little girls dream of being like one day. Brought to you by our friends at Yamaha and their race-ready YFZ450R. Go to YamahaBlueCrew.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. Say hello to two-time defending WMX national champion, Miss Andrea Berger. Hey, Andrea, thanks for joining me on uh, the podcast here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's funny because literally the exact same day, Brooke suggested to me that we bring you on for a conversation. And then you hit me up saying that you had some interest in coming on and uh, helping promote women's racing a little bit in the WMX class. So um, we're, I don't know if I can say great minds think alike, because I don't know that I think of myself that way, but, uh, but we're thinking alike nonetheless. So we're stoked to have you. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty cool. How, I guess how weird things um, happen. Yeah, we're, th we're thinking the same way, at least. So, uh, Andrea, the last two years have been pretty special for you. Back-to-back -back national championships. You won uh, 12 national event overalls over the last two seasons. You finished fourth and eighth in your B classes the last two years, respectfully. Um, what is it like being the fastest woman in ATV racing? Oh, gosh. Um, for me... I know it's you don't, I know you don't think of it that way. That's why I kind of wanted to ask you. Yes. No, I don't, I definitely don't think of it as that. I mean, I always feel like I have more room to improve. Mm -hmm. There's always something I can do better or work on whatnot. So sometimes I don't always see myself as the fastest woman racer because I'm also comparing myself to the boys and the guys and mm -hmm. always want to be better than them as well. Yep. Yep. I know. I, I know that. And I knew that was kind of the answer I was going to get, but, uh, wanted to be able to say, especially back to back, uh, national championships. I mean, you're clearly the undisputed fastest, uh, lady in the sport. So, um, you know, it's cool, but then to, you know, you and I come from, you know, kind of the same place in the country. I've watched you, you know, you and your family, I raced with your dad when I was still just a little kid, all these things. So that's kind of the, uh, the amazing part of the story for me, when we talk about you and, and all that you've now accomplished is you were kind of, uh, like almost, I would say like a late bloomer because, um, you know, your dad was a local legend here by us in Wisconsin, Bill Berger, but you didn't spend your childhood chasing, you know, around to all these national events. Um, you know, and if, if my memory serves me correctly, you really didn't flourish until you were on the 450. So, um, I, I think I'm remembering that correctly anyway, and now you're kind of un, uh, an unstoppable force. So tell me a little bit, uh, or tell the listeners, I should say a little bit more about about your story? 
Well, first off, I started riding a three-wheeler when I was five years old. My dad picked it up for my birthday. So then I ended up um, riding that around, actually did a couple hair scrambles on it. And I then moved up to an LT80. Okay. And I raced just locally up until, well, up until um, I moved up on a 450 when I was 14 or 15. And then um, when I turned 16, that's when I started racing a couple local nationals. Um, my first one was actually Red Bud. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I, it was, that one was definitely hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and that was like one of the first years that they actually combined the women's class. So it was like very hard for me to compare myself to the other women riders that were mm-hmm. super fast. And what I think the Heather Bird was racing at that time. And yep. you know how they, how they are. It's, it's, it's gnarly. Uh, yes. And we'll talk about the, the class structure because that's one thing I've always kind of thought with women's racing is, um, you know, you kind of got thrown to the dogs. That's what you're talking about when you're, when you're having to race literally the fastest women on the planet and you're just trying to kind of test the waters on this thing. Um, but even before that, it's funny to, I remember you on the LT 80 and then I remembered nothing until the 450. So it makes sense that there wasn't really anything in between there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you were, you spent, uh, you spent, gosh, I don't know, probably 10 years on the old style YFZ. That was your home for the longest time. And then uh, I think you finally, you finally made the switch, but uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And it was a, it was a fast uh, graduation. I feel like for you in these recent years, but um, was last year, would that have been, or, or 2019, would that have been your first national win was in 2019? That was the overall one. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. So the same year where you went on to win six of them and your first national title, you got your first win in that season. Uh, it's, it's crazy because, you know, so often, like you, you see so many people, you know, chase all these races as little kids. And then as you know, they become teenagers, they're, they're already, you know, kind of in the, in the, in the, uh, they have the muscle memory, they're in the mix, they're in the, you know, this, the, the system of winning these races, knowing the, the, the thing, knowing how to do the whole deal. And it took you until you were older until just recently, really in the last couple of years to chase all the races. And when you got to go to all the races, you made it count. Um, I feel like that's really cool because it's like, you know, there's so many younger people that probably wish they could go to all the races. Right. And it's like, like I'm missing out on my opportunity and, uh, you just stuck around, made a niche for yourself, carved out your, your kind of place to be continued to get better and better and better. And now, you know, um, you, you, you're the, like I said, you're the undisputed women's champ, but it took a little while to get there. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, uh, it was probably 2011 when I went to my first national, obviously, and then um, after that, we just kind of, the whole family ended up going to a couple more nationals each year. And then finally mm-hmm. in 2017, my last year of college is when I was like, I'm dedicating this summer to me racing. I'm going to all the nationals this is probably the only year I'm going to be able to do it. But then mm-hmm. um, I've been doing it ever since found a way to do it. 
Yeah. And, and I remember that time period and when, you know, you had said to me or, or I had heard one way or the other that you were going to make a run at this thing. And I remember, cause like we saw the glimpses, we knew the speed was there. Um, you know, you were still like in the mix for moto wins and stuff. It just never all came together. And yep. that's why I remembered at the beginning of 2019, that that's when you got your first overall. I, rem- I literally remember having the conversation with you and to think that you've won, uh, you've won two titles since then is, is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, looking back when I was like, say 16 at Redbud, I would never imagine myself being in the position I'm in right now. So it's pretty impressive. And I'm, I don't know, I'm fulfilling my goals back from when I was little. So I know you never look at it this way when you're there because you, you hold other people to a higher standard or you look at people just a different perspective, but the same way that you look uh, you looked at like Heather Bird back then is the way that people look at you now. And that's a pretty cool thought. It, it definitely is. I mean, it's something I have to, I think I have to think more of in mm-hmm. order to <clears throat> be more personal too. Like yeah. I, I don't know, like I don't want to be hard to approach by any means. So I'm hoping to get out there more mm-hmm. and talk to more ladies and other younger women uh, within the sport and at the track. Well, that's why I feel like you're such a great face for the, for women's ATV racing. Like, I feel like that's why this is a conversation that I wanted to make happen. Um, because you're somebody who's out for the betterment of all of the girls. I feel like not just you, you know, like you want to see it get better for everybody. So you're a great, you know, great face, great, uh, spokesperson for everything that, uh, that, you know, is ATV racing, uh, for on the female side, but, um, think about all the, the thousands of laps like done at gravity park by your, by your dad, by your brother, by you, by me. Um, like so many of us, right? Like, like Nick to know myself, Nick DeNoble, mm-hmm. Sammy Rowe, Max Lindquist, Jaden Launderville. Now your whole family, your dad. I mean, I, how many, how many national wins do you think your dad has? Like, it's probably countless. Like, like if it was on a, if it was on some kind of like number counter, that thing broke long ago. Like he's, he's won yeah. tons of stuff between cross country and, and motocross stuff, TT flat track. Like, uh, so think about all the, the thousands of laps, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of laps done at gravity park and, uh, all the stuff that's came since then for all of these riders. Um, think about all the talent that came out of that little track back here at home, literally hundreds and hundreds of national wins came out of that place. And this is a conversation uh, we had with the Launderville family too. Um, and, mm-hmm. and the Linquist too at the, at the banquet. So needed to touch on that because uh, the talent and the wins and all the cool stuff, all the memories that came out of that little track, li- little 50 second lap time track back home here. It's uh, pretty cool. It, it's like, a, it's, it produced a lot of ATV talent one way or the other. Yeah, it definitely did. Like um, Bob did a great job with, with that track and it's, very family oriented for sure. And I love having those Friday nights and whatnot. Well, and to think, uh, to think that like your family would race and then the, the, the races where you weren't like actually on the track, your whole family was flagging, you know, it's, it's just, it's (laughs) awesome. Like that, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. That brings out, that brings back memories that if we weren't racing on the track, we were either flagging right by the pits and it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it helped out. Yeah. We like helping, helping track out. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so Andrew, what are, uh, what are your plans for, for this year coming up 2021? Are we going for the, the three Pete I'm assuming? Um, so what are your plans with that and what motivates you at this point? Because, you know, obviously you've won an array of races. Now you're, you know, back-to-back champ, all these things. What, what motivates you at this point? Um, at this point, so I saw this question when, like, when you texted me before, and I was like, wow, what motivates me? And I guess what motivates me the most is going faster. Okay. And just um, having that third championship, third championship under my belt would be amazing. And I think that's mm-hmm. what really propels me in the sport. I, I feel like uh, there's something special about a three-peat. You know, um, you know, after, after that, it's like, you know, just the, the three Pete, like the catchiness of it. I like, I feel like that's a big deal. And even the back to back, uh, you went back to back in your class. I went back to back in my class. So I was like, man, I wonder how many people like went back to back. There was only six of us in the 40, whatever classes that there are. Uh, so I feel like that itself is pretty cool. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, Uh, are you going for your three Pete? Hopefully we'll see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that that's exciting. Um, and also like, I know it's different because you always, I feel like have this, this carrot out in front of you with the, with racing the boys. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you're always, you kind of referenced it already, but you're always wanting and needing to get faster. You always have this goal out in front of you. Um, so there's always that opportunity for growth. I feel like. Oh, there, there definitely is. I mean, I tend to compare myself a lot to, I would say my brother, mm-hmm. um, yeah. whenever me and him practice or whenever we can. And then also with, uh, Gage and Keaton Stirk, whenever we go and practice out with them at Keaton's mm-hmm. track. Um, so what's the, what's the plan for your other class then? Are you going to race another B class like the last few years or what's your plan there? Well, they made a new class, which is like a B class. Okay. So I'm thinking about moving up to that like half stepping stone and see sure. where I lay. Okay. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, that, that was a question that I, that I wanted to make sure I, uh, touched on because, um, you've been a contender in these, in these B classes and, uh, that's cool to see. So, um, exciting there. And, and there's another, like there's, there's younger women coming, like there's girls coming, there's fast mm-hmm. talent coming, um, to add to the, the ranks of the women's classes. Right. So, um, but now they introduced a kind of another women's class for 2021. So what do you know about that? Well, as of right now, I believe they made basically WMX as the pro class where mm-hmm. they'll be racing us, um, both motos on Saturday. And there's another women's class. I believe it's just women. Um, and you have to be 15 years old in order for, um, for you to race it or for that lady to race it. Yeah. So so, for amateurs. Yep. So with the WMX class, they're trying to really showcase you guys, which is something that happened maybe 10 years ago or whatever in the, the Heather bird, the Natalie, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Angela Moore days, 
they really uh, made the women's class a premier class. So WMX, they're doing that again now with two motos on Saturday. I think that's awesome. Uh, I love what they're doing there. This other class, the women's or women class, it's a 15 plus class, like you said, 450 class, kind of similar to the WMX class, but um, you are going to be able to race it if you're 15, as long as you're riding a 250 which I I like that because it's going to be a cool mix of riders, but it's also like a stepping stone for women, which is something that we touched on before um, because you didn't, you didn't have that before. Like um, in, in there was kind of a middle ground for people that maybe didn't have a 250 where you had to just race WMX, right. Where now you have this middle ground. So either you start on a 250, you can graduate to women where you're racing some of both. And then you Mm -hmm. graduate to the uh, WMX class after that. And the only riders that are excluded from this class that are in eligible are past champions like you. So you're not eligible. Um, but I love the idea. I love the stepping stone, um, for some of these girls. I think it's uh, it's a great progression. It gives girls more classes to race, which makes so much more sense for everybody involved. And as a face and a voice for women's ATV racing, like you are, I have to believe that that's, uh, got you excited for, um, some, some potential growth, um, for female, you know, participation within the, the, the sport, um, of ATV racing in 2021 and beyond. So I feel like just in general, I feel like that's a great move and something that literally I've been thinking they should do for, uh, many years. So, um, gives people more classes to race, gives them a stepping stone, makes it so you don't have to just jump in and race Andrea Berger if you're going to your first national. Right. So I feel like, uh, feel like that's a great move for everybody. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I've, I mean, I remember when I was 16 and being so intimidated by the other women, the fast women, like Heather Byrne and whatnot. So it's, um, I think it'll be a great growing class, growing class. And I can't wait to see how many women and ladies, uh, race it. Yeah. And, and for WMX, uh, the turnout, I feel like was good last year. Like the numbers were good. There was a lot of racers in those, in those races. Yeah, I've, I have. I really thought the numbers spiked up a little bit. There was a couple of times where we almost had a full gate. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was getting there. It, I can't believe I'm very excited to see what happens here this year. I feel like uh, with classes like this too, it should only help. Um, you know, again, it's going to make it so maybe it's not so intimidating. It's going to make it so more people should, should hopefully get involved. And then again, um, there's always that, that uh, kind of aspect of people uh, wanting to get um, their money's worth. Well, this way, you know, as long as you're not a past champion, you have multiple women's specific classes to race, which is awesome. Right. So as we look to uh, 2021, I'm sure you heard about our big announcement with the unveiling of the, the Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy League. We've touched on it a few times on this, uh, on this um, episode so far, kind of a running theme. So um, are you going to play with us, Andrea? Yes, I would love to play with you. Okay, so um, I'm going to put you on the spot then. Uh, we're asking all our guests tonight for Daytona. Who are you putting on your on your four rider team? So you got to take um, one rider from each tier. Who do you have? Who are you starting with in tier one? All right, so I got Chad Weenan. Okay, which has been the pick of everybody on the episode so oh far, God. which which <laughs> is 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 it's hard to argue against because he's been so good at Daytona. You can't argue against it. Uh, who do you have in tier two? Let's see if we got any difference here. Um, I was going to go for Nick Janusa. 
Okay. Okay. That's what we had DJ Sperling on right before you from rocket machining and design. That's who he took too. The only fear I have, and we've had Nick on a few times. Um, he's been very open about needing to be better at his starts and at Daytona, that's where we're going to be able to see if, uh, if he's getting better at them or not, because, um, the, the start is so, uh, so important there. Um, I took Brandon Hogue. I feel like he's going to be, he's going to be quick down there too. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a tier that's very, very tough to pick. So, uh, they're all good choices there. I feel like, what about tier three? I went with Max Linquist. Well, how could you not? Wisconsin I, guy. Yep. I, I feel like we're, we're kind of all similarly thinking there. Uh, I think um, Logan, Logan Stanfield will be good too. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Okay. Uh, what about tier four last year? Um, who are you going to entrust in tier four? This is a, this is a trickier one. I feel like. It is definitely trickier. Um, but I would love to see Michael Allred mm-hmm. like kick some butt. Yep. Agreed. So, I'm so, so all of us picked Michael Allred as well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, his veteran savvy, his smarts, he's a rookie, but I don't think of him as a rookie because he's been around for long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's going to be exciting. I feel like this is going to bring uh, a whole, uh, new enjoyment, new fun to watching some of the pro class races. Um, one of my goals when we started, when I started digging deep was to give maybe some more exposure to, to riders throughout the class. Um, not just focus on the guys right at the front. And, um, as we started to kind of put the, the fantasy thing into motion became more and more clear to me that, you know, the thing I wanted to accomplish from the very beginning, giving more coverage to everybody throughout the class fantasy was going to work hand in hand with that because you're going to be watching the guys in tier four that they might be almost a lap down, but we're what we're going to be like watching to see what's happening there. So I feel like, uh, feel like it's going to be exciting. I want to remind everybody again that uh, the, the game isn't quite live as we speak right this second in the coming days, it should be. Um, so you'll, everybody will be able to get signed up, get their, get their picks in and uh, we'll be blasting it all over social media. So uh, just letting the listeners know that uh, you will have time to sign up. So don't, don't anybody need to get crazy. Um, and you will be able to compete against the two-time defending WMX national champion. So I feel like uh, that can be some bragging rights. It'll give us some things to talk about at the races. Uh, so that'll be really exciting. But Andrea, I can't wait to go racing. Um, I feel like uh, this time of year, the itch gets real. It's it's cold back home here when you're seeing, uh, you're seeing pictures and videos and stuff of people riding down South where it's nice. Um, so yeah, I can't, uh, can't wait to go racing, but uh, that time will be here before we know it. I feel like. Oh, definitely. I'm so sick of being under two feet of snow right now. Honestly, how is the, how is the program looking? Is it, is it pretty similar to last year? And, um, you know, how is, how is everything coming together? There's a lot of work to do before the the season gets here yet. There's so much work. So I recently (laughs) upgraded to a 450 R. Um, so we ended up basically tearing it all apart. Uh, got powder coated and now we're just waiting on like little parts in order to get the front end done and then the rear end is pretty much complete but just weigh on everything else yep how is the transition or how is the transition going to the the r model quad because again you were reluctant you were reluctant Mm -hmm. for this for the (laughs) longest time 
Um, actually, so I went to Florida last year for the first time and the only okay. quad I rode was a stock 450 R mm-hmm. and I finally felt comfortable on it. And I'm like, maybe I should bite the bullet and just get one. And during the middle of the season last year, I actually bought my brothers and I started riding that at towards the end of the season into fall. And I think I should be fairly comfortable on it by the time the first round comes around. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hope so. I'm sure Uh, those are such beautiful quads. And I feel like with Keaton in your corner, it seems like he knows those. I mean, he's been on those things for forever. He knows them like the back of his hand. So to have him in your corner for all this uh, can only help, right? Oh, for real. I mean, I couldn't do it without him. He, um, he's definitely a, a pillar for me and within my program. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm over there in the shop working, um, working with him and putting things together and trying to work on his quad too. So it's, it's a good learning experience for me and and I appreciate everything that he does. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I wanted to double down on uh, before we got out of here was your dad. What has your dad all meant to your program? Like he, again, I, and again, I, I didn't even, I didn't have this on my notes for this segment as we're walking mm-hmm. out of this thing. But um, again, like the way he was a legend back home here, he's been around it for forever. Uh, I just wanted you to be able to, you know, touch on everything that your dad's meant to, you know, your program. He's set such a, he was a good, such a good role model for your racing. And um, I'm sure you look at him to your racing. Like I look at my dad, you know, to Mm -hmm. mine. All right. So there's one thing that in particular that stands out is on our way to gravity on a Friday night, we're just, we're going on whatever road highway 10. And I remember him saying, do you want to grow up or do you want to be just an average Joe? I mean, someone who only looks forward to drinking on the weekends and works during the week. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't really want to be that person. You know, um, I want to stand out. So he was someone that motivated me early on. I want to say I was 14 or 15 at that time. And it just stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that he did. He got me into racing. He is another pillar of my program. Um, He also still works on my motors and whatnot and gives me pep talks when I'm having a bad day, uh, either with racing or at work. And Mm -hmm. I can't think of enough. That's awesome. I I love to hear that because I I tell parents all the time, just in general about our sport, how it gives people, it gives kids a motivation to stay out of trouble, to not be that average Joe, to not be the the person that's sitting at the bar, however many nights a week or every Friday night, Um, all the, the motivation, the life experiences. I mean, think about, you know, you have such a great professional career at this point Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the stuff that you um, learned at the racetrack, learned with dad, working on stuff. Um, just again, all the life lessons, the things you've seen, the places you've been, the, just everything that you've learned is because of, or at least in some way, thanks to this sport and, um, and, and, and traveling around being with your family, being with your dad, think about these memories. You're talking about, you know, being with your parents on Friday night, like, mm-hmm. 
same exact thing for me. So I'm so glad that, uh, that I, that I asked that question because that's the, that's the coolest thing. And, uh, you know, to have you still in ATV racing to think of, you know, I've known you feels like my whole life, at least as long as I've been at the racetrack. So most all of my life. And to think that, uh, you know, you turned into what you are, what you mean to ATV racing, the fastest chick on, on four wheels. Uh, I feel like that's just, it's, it's the coolest thing. I remember, I remember lining up for my first A-class race locally. I was like 13 and I was so nervous to race your dad because your dad was like local pro to me. He was like Doug Gust, you know, like that's how I thought of your dad. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. He, (laughs) he still intimidates me actually. And I think (laughs) uh, up until probably last year, 2019, he was still probably a little bit faster than me. Okay. Oh, he still he, he still might be, but who knows? But yeah, <laughs> for no offense, my dad he's a big dude, mm-hmm. and he's he just rocks the quad. He, he he just like bonds with the quad whenever he gets on it, and he mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, five. he's it's it's an extension of his body. There was a little time there, maybe this was like a year or two ago, whatever, where it was like all three of you, you, your brother, your dad, were all the same speed. Yeah, that was, I want to say that's around 2019 yeah. or, um, or whenever my brother raced actually probably 2018 mm-hmm. right around there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's fun to see. It's it, again, it's amazing. I, it's got to make your dad so proud. Um, you know, you know, all that you've accomplished and your brother too. Uh, but to, to see where you're at in the sport right now, again, it's something he's done his whole life. He's like still doing it now. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's gotta be the coolest thing. He's gotta be so proud. Yeah, I, I sure hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Andrea, you know, it, we can't be racing at the moment. It's still February. It's still, it's been like negative whatever here for the last week or two. Um, so if we can't be racing at the moment, the next best thing is to be able to talk about racing. Right. So, uh, we're going to end this thing on that note. Um, I just want to say again, uh, me as well, how proud I am of everything that, uh, you've accomplished on the racetrack and off. I can't think, think of a better representative for, um, you know, women's ATV racing than you. So, uh, just, um, you know, kind of on behalf of all of us, thanks for all you do for the sport and, uh, for being such an awesome role model for the younger generation, um, just leading such a, uh, or, or being setting such a great precedent for everybody else. Um, you know, it means a ton to me and, uh, you know, ton, I think to a lot of people throughout ATV racing. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I love what you're doing here with digging deep. So it's, Great. Always fun to hear, hear your story or hear someone's story every week. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, Andrea. It's, this has been a blast. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Can't, uh, can't wait to see all the, the great things that you're going to accomplish in 2021, hopefully the three Pete and, uh, yeah, just can't thank you so much for joining me and, um, you know, just, uh, just know that we're always pulling for you here at digging deep. All right. Thanks Cody. Thanks so much. That's back-to-back WMX national champion, Andrea Berger, brought to you by Yamaha. Check out Yamaha's full off-road lineup at yamahaoutdoors.com today. Thanks again, Andrea. See you soon. Fun show tonight. Talked some digging deep ATV MX fantasy. I hope you guys are as excited as I am. Talked some project builds, passion stuff, women's class racing, a bunch of stuff in between as well. 
So we covered some serious ground tonight, guys. Major thanks to tonight's guests, DJ Sperling of Rocket Machining and Design, and two-time WMX champ Andrea Berger. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Four Works Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find them on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out and for your off-season needs. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts, hoodies, our new Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks t-shirts, and more are available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. And if you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out. You can call our voicemail line anytime, 920-569-3519, and follow us on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, to myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content and further digging deep ATVMX fantasy information as Daytona nears. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You know the drill. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our new show merchandise, fantasy information, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, and review, and with that, for DJ Sperling, Andrea Berger, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, two million downloads and counting, Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. See you next week. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then at Steel City. I, I would need to check this out. I, I, I'm dead serious. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. It's not easy, Steve. It's not easy. Listen, JB. I <laughs> no, don't want to hear. It's not easy. I don't want to hear. Quad are freaking nice. You don't want two big red. What the? <laughs> like,